Our scripture reading for this third Sunday in Advent comes from the Gospel of John. John the Evangelist is going to be telling us a story about another person named John, John the Baptizer. Would you stand for the hearing of God's holy word? John the Evangelist writes this. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light. The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. And then skipping later in this same narrative about John, the evangelist writes, this is the testimony given by John when the Jews and priests and Levites from Jerusalem asked him, who are you? He confessed and did not deny it, but confessed, I am not the Messiah. And they asked him, what then? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? He answered, no. And then they said to him, who are you? Let us have an answer for those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? John said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. Now, they had been sent from the Pharisees, and so they asked him, Why then are you baptizing if you are neither the Messiah, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? John answered them, I baptize with water. Among you stands one whom you do not know, the one who is coming after me. I am not worthy to untie the thongs of his sandals. All this took place in Bethany across the Jordan, where John was baptizing. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Well, last Sunday we crossed into the last half of our journey towards celebrating when love came down at Christmas. We have joined the faithful of old with Isaiah looking forward to that day when love comes down. We have joined the people of old with the psalmist who look forward to the day when God's peace and righteousness that came with that love would be fulfilled and we learn with the people of old what it means to wait. The writer Haruki Murakami talks about waiting in this way. For a while is a phrase whose length can't be measured, at least by the person who's waiting. For a while is a phrase whose length can't be measured, at least by the person who's waiting. Waiting is a strange thing, isn't it? It can be exciting and it can be brutal. <laughs> we know the difference, don't we? Waiting for that dream trip that's finally going to happen, 
waiting for a visit from someone that we really like to see, waiting for that day we get our driver's license or our first car or our first date or our first house. That kind of waiting is good waiting. And that waiting is a part of the experience. It's what, part of what makes it great, isn't it? The waiting. Last week I was talking with Lindsay and uh, she shared with me a story about my little friend Arthur that he opened his advent calendar and it didn't reveal the dinosaur he liked. And so he announced, I don't like Christmas anymore. <laughs> he asked to open a present. She said, no. I don't like Christmas anymore. Why? I have to wait to open my presents. The good news was he got over it and by the end of the day they uh, looked at lights and had a dance party and all kinds of good things and life went on. But I love the honesty of that, don't you? I have to wait for my presence. I'm tired of waiting for my presence. I think there are situations in our lives where, if we're honest, make us big kids a lot more like my little friend than we would like to admit. We don't like to wait on our presence either, do we? For example, nothing makes me crazier than sitting in traffic. If you ever happen to be in a car beside me on 75 in a traffic jam, please turn away. <laughs> I don't want you to see me like that. Makes me nuts. But we can find ourselves waiting for things that are difficult. We wait for reports from the doctor on things that could really affect our lives. We can find ourselves waiting on news about a job or a promotion. We can find ourselves waiting on God or on our prayers or our hopes and our dreams to be answered, at least from our perspective. Those hours spent waiting, or those weeks, or those months, or those years spent waiting, aren't fun at all, are they? They're hard on us, and they're exhausting, and they try our faith, don't they? That kind of waiting tests us and pushes us sometimes to our limit. But I think the biggest danger in those kinds of waiting in our life is that during those kinds of waiting, we can be distracted. We're distracted from that thing that we're waiting for. <laughs> and we can become so distracted we forget what it is that we want so desperately and we can forget what it is 
that started our waiting in the first place. And we get lost. And when that which we're waiting for draws near, we're so distracted, we miss it. I think that's what we see in this text from the Gospel of John. When I read this passage, I see that happening. That is the moment when love draws near. After centuries and centuries of waiting, we hear these wonderful words. A man was sent from God whose name was John. He was a witness to testify to the light so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light. That which the faithful people of old that we have been with in Isaiah, that we have been with in the Psalms, what they have waited for is finally coming to pass. And the Pharisees down in Jerusalem send some priests and Levites, some religious authorities, some people who probably look a lot like me, out to check out John to make sure what's going on. Don't you love this story? Who are you? I am not the Messiah. Well, then are you Elijah? No. Then are you the prophet? No. We got to have an answer. What do you say about yourself? And John chooses as his answer to quote one of the most beautiful promises that God was finally going to act in the way they had longed for God to act. I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord. As Isaiah had said. Did you catch the response to that from the religious authorities? So why are you baptizing people then? <laughs> right over their head. I love to imagine John's face when that is their response. Really? Are you that clueless to what God is doing? Did you not hear me? You are the ones who are supposed to know everything about what God is doing and about what everybody else is supposed to be doing and you can't hear or see what God is doing right in front of you, right here in this place, right here, right now? These are the people who are not only waiting for God, these are the people in charge of everybody else's waiting for God. And they totally miss it. They had heard an answer from John that should have made their hearts sing with praise. 
they heard an answer from John that should have made them forget every other question they ever had. Do you see? They were so distracted, they missed it. They missed it. Just because love draws near doesn't mean we'll see it either. Just because love draws near doesn't mean that we won't be as distracted as those people talking to John. That right in front of our face we'll miss what God has for us. We need to heed John's testimony. We need to make straight the way of the Lord into our life, into our hearts, into our minds, into our families, into our little corner of the world. We need to make sure that when love draws near to us this Christmas, we are not distracted so that we can fully experience what God does for us. But how easily distracted we are. At one of my churches, I had a, um, an administrative assistant who was a young uh, mother with two kids and uh, they were great kids and they would come after school they'd come to the office so I got to know them very well and the little boy uh, was a great kid and I had the joy when he grew up and became a man I did his wedding and everything it was a special relationship I had with him but his challenge in life was he was easily distracted in school and different things and he had a struggle with that and he would talk with me about it and we got to be good friends as he grew up. But one day, I saw this t-shirt that I thought was hilarious about being distracted. So I talked to his mother about it. I said, would he find this funny or would it bother him? He would think this is hilarious. And I said, well, I wanna, I'm going to buy this shirt. I'm going to give it to you. And I want you to wrap it up and put it under the Christmas tree. But it needs to be anonymous. I don't ever want him to know who gave it to him. And she goes, I can do that. I'll just put Santa on it or something like that. And he'll never know. So that Christmas morning, he opened his present. She called me and she goes, I'm so mad at you. And I said, why? And she goes, that's his favorite present. I've, I got all these gifts for him. And I can't even tell him who got him this stupid shirt you got. Well, he wore it the next Sunday because he wanted me to see it. And the shirt said, People think I'm easily distracted, but hey, look, a chicken. That's what the shirt said. And he wore that shirt all the time. I don't know about you, but I feel that way sometimes too. Do you? We are so easily distracted. Are we going to be distracted over these next eight days? Going to be distracted by our schedule, 
so much that we don't pause and reflect on God's love coming down to us at Christmas. Be distracted by the materialism of our culture, by the chaos of the world. Are we going to be distracted by our own cynicism about life and about things that are going on? Are we going to be so distracted by our own questions that when we hear this story next week about how love came down that night, that we're going to be so caught up in does God really speak in dreams and do angels really pop into people's houses and chat with them? And are there people that really trust God enough they do the crazy things God asks them to do? Are we going to be so distracted by all that that we miss the wonderful good news that against all reason and all possibilities, God's love really did come down to us at Christmas? It is time to prepare the way, to make straight the way of the Lord into our hearts and into our minds and into our lives and into our families. To not be distracted so that we can fully embrace the love God has for us in Jesus Christ. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.